serve it up to the whiskey run dry you take your sugar and take your sweets and welcome everybody to the lunacy podcast my name is tony i'm here with dave david and connor dave stevens david sterling connor ennis i am tony pervenanzi it is guys memorial day uh so i want to give a shout out to all those uh veterans and uh, anybody in the military service for your service uh thank you very much uh we are recording this on monday because connor was uh in wisconsin all weekend uh, yeah i know right i know it's wisconsin just yeah so and uh for all you listeners out there we're gonna have a little interview with uh, casey godwin who is the uh, assistant personal trainer? Is it personal trainer? Assistant athletic, athletic trainer. trainer. Athletic trainer. Sorry, athletic, yeah. not personal. Assistant athletic trainer for the Loons uh, here. So we're going to talk about uh, a little bit about what we did this weekend, a little bit about beers. We'll go to the interview we had with her earlier today, and then we'll get into the games uh, from this last week. So uh, how was your Memorial Day down in Wisconsin, Connor? It was fun. Um, just hung out with my uncle down there and uh, my cousin. Um, and then Sunday we had a barbecue. Uh, we went golfing on Saturday. That was pretty cool. Um, I parred a par three while I was down there. That was that was kind yeah. of a nice little ego booster. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just I mean, Austin was running around everywhere, and and he. Fell very much off of his schedule, so on the way back he had a little bit of a melt meltdown in the car. But um, but now he's he's sleeping safe and sound. So, uh, but yeah, it was it was awesome. It was uh, it was a great time. We're just a lot of drinking and hang with family. Yeah, I was yeah. at my parents' house for a little barbecue today. Just a little, you know, a bunch of uh, relatives over stuff like that. Uh, I will say that during this weekend, I did see Dave a couple times which is yeah. becoming like a whole thing. Uh, we went to the Dave and Buster's on Friday, and then we went to Omni, uh, which is one of my beer my beer tonight. Went to Omni for a couple of beers on Friday, which is awesome. Uh, and then Saturday, went to lunch, and we won Dave. Me and me and you and my wife and Jamie and Jan, we won $900. Oh, okay. wow. Something like that, you know. We rolled some of the we rolled some of the winnings into the to the next pot, but yeah, I feel like we're overdue. And you know, that goes back to our last, you know, one of our last podcasts at heavy rotation where we actually pulled them on air, came up with a goose egg. So I felt like we were due. That was nice. Yeah, it was a nice it was a nice day for that. You know, we we did some good. And Dave and I actually played golf on Saturday too, Connor. It was golden. Oh, awesome. It was golden. It was golden tea, but it was golf. You know, so golden tea golf. <laughs> And actually, I birdied, birdied a couple three uh, par three. I was gonna say I would hope for a birdie on Golden Tee. That's awesome. I think I think, and I think we ended up playing a total of twenty two holes uh, that day. Yeah. And uh, you know, no worse for the wear. I'm not too tired, not too yeah. sore. So yeah, it was great. I'm not That's treating good. you bad. You didn't pull a muscle no. or anything. No. no, it was fine. Dave uh, and I always talk about this. We used to play Golden Tee a lot uh, back in our early twenties uh, at Brothers Bar and Grill and other places. We talk about this all the time. It's like we play, we always have one bad hole. There's one hole on golden tee. It doesn't matter. It could be the hole number one or hole number five, whatever it is. And you just can't get the damn ball in the hole. 
And we went through that on Saturday. We just had the our one bad hole where it's just like, what the fuck? You know, yeah, just, I think I think uh, I was under I was under par through seven or sixteen holes, and then it was seventeen. I blew up with like a triple or quadruple bogey yeah. or something like that. It's like one bad hole. Yeah, it's terrible. I don't get it. Always. So uh Dave, was you in Dave? You were down at Canterbury today, right? I was, yeah. Like you like you touched on earlier in the weekend. Uh we, we were we kept ourselves busy with some lunches and uh, that that was a great it was just a wonderful weekend, obviously here in Minnesota. The weather couldn't have been better. You know, obviously no rain for the first time in how many years. So that was just great. I feel like I was go, go, go for the whole weekend, which is wonderful. And then yeah, to today. Finish the weekend uh, with a trip down to Canterbury Park. Uh, it was their opening weekend. I think they started yesterday. Um, so, yeah, got down there, uh, got to watch a few horse races, you know, tried my luck at betting. I am not a, a betting expert when it comes to horses, but, yeah, beautiful day, good atmosphere down there. So, yeah, that was a fun way to end it. And, David, I'm suspecting you went to the beach today. No. Or, yes, or I, uh, um, I actually went golfing today. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but it was it was mini golf, but yeah. it was golf. Oh, mini golf. Um, okay, okay. Um, We're covering all bases on the show. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, yesterday was my big day. We uh, got together with the neighbors and watched the Monaco Grand Prix, and then had mimosas upon mimosas upon mimosas upon mimosas, and then sat in the pool, their pool, literally the entire afternoon, and. I believe I had six mimosas. I don't know, three or four hard seltzers. God knows what. Uh, All right. I lost so do you re- do you remember who won the Monaco Grand Prix? I mean, yes, that was definitely Max Verstappen um, with Red Bull. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I mean, it was a good time. That was our kind of a Memorial Day. Today was pretty low key. I smoked brisket overnight and then went mini golfing today with the family and. Since you moved to Florida, does your liver hate you now that you moved to Florida? Oh, your liver must must hate you. They drink a lot down here. Yeah, I mean it's and yeah, it's it's just I think it's the weather. Like it's so Mm -hmm. it's so conducive to just being out and being with people and drinking and drinking. Yeah, it's it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, maybe. I get you. Yeah, we throw that all into our summertime, so we drink a lot during the summer. And right it, yeah the again. midwest yeah the midwest it's like a big three-month binge fest mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah totally and then yeah. it tapers off and then you get depressed yeah. around february Christmas. and it just well, picks up a bit yeah yeah that's right all right so yeah so everybody had a good uh moral day weekend now it's back to work tomorrow unfortunately but it's at least it's a short week yeah a short week yeah. that's right that's right yeah. right uh Let's talk about beers we're drinking tonight, guys, because we're all drinking some craft beers. Uh, I'll go first. I already drank it during our interview with Casey, but uh, I picked up a four-pack of Omni's Melt, their Smoothie Sour series, and I got the Strawberry Kiwi, which is uh, 6.3%, and it's... uh, as we throw a lot in the melting pot while brewing the smoothie sours in our melt series, a couple of drums of fruit, loads of vanilla beans, milk sugar, and more. But there's a method to our madness, and it's all in the name of maximum flavor. And I will tell you, this strawberry uh, kiwi was fantastic. You could taste the kiwi. You could taste the strawberry. Very good for their melt series. 
uh, good sweetness to it, not too sour. Uh, so definitely drinkable. Uh, you don't have too many of these because it'll probably give you a tummy ache if you have a couple uh, with that that milk, uh, the milk sugar in there and kind of the fruit flavoring. So another fantastic uh, beer from Omni. Uh, Connor, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, well, I made a road trip for mine. Um, back uh, last Wednesday, I drove a good friend of mine down to Rochester uh, she was getting some, uh, she was getting an appointment, had an appointment down at Mayo. Uh, so uh, on the way back, me and her both picked up a couple beers from the Thesis Beer, Thesis Beer Project down there. Um, uh, went into their tap room. It's a real nice uh, kind of, uh, how do I describe it? It's like, um, it, it's like a, a gas lamp kind of, gas lamp style uh tap room uh, along with oh uh, there's there's a wall in there have you guys seen the uh the united clear bags with uh with the loon artwork on them um or the little like they have little goit the updated goiters that came out like a couple uh a couple years ago oh, the, the, the yeah art... i think i think i have one of those clear bags okay yeah mm -hmm. the the uh the art on the on the wall of this place looked very very similar to the to the artwork on that bag so i wonder if it was done by the same artist I, I looked at it and it looked so familiar um but i ended up going with something called the ascendant and it's a west coast double ipa 8.3 percent and it has el dorado and simcoe hops it's uh it's a little bit more juicy than i usually go for um but uh it's a nice it, extremely happy and uh it's uh, a little bit strong uh a little bit strong in happiness i usually like to go for less hoppy more dry but um it's uh it's a very good it's a very good ipa i would definitely go down to thesis beer project again and um uh there as you know there are a, are a collection of uh breweries down in rochester i i and i definitely haven't been to them all so i would want to go back down there to just for a little day trip to visit them all but um yeah these thesis beer project that's uh got the ascendant there's actually two breweries in rochester right by our rochester office uh kenny creek which i've been to and then there's one other one is it wild something wild i think um but they're right next to our rochester office so i've been to both of those okay both fantastic and like yeah you said there i think there's there's three or four breweries in Rochester now. Maybe there's five, but uh, yeah, there's some good beers down there in Rochester. Yeah, yeah, and it's a great little upcome up and coming city too. I, I, mm -hmm. I mean, there was a. I had told Laura that in twenty or thirty years, I might consider retiring down there. It's just a nice little small, uh, a small city that's uh, got a bunch of stuff down there. It's really nice. And uh, the Mayo, the Mayo Clinic has some major plans for that city uh i don't know if you guys are probably aware um, that place is a monster it's a friggin' giant it's gonna get even bigger connor oh boy i mean it's gonna get bigger trust me it's they got some major plans it was part of the whole we won't get into it, the nurses thing and the legislator and right they didn't pass it and that's because the mail said if you pass it we're gonna take our money elsewhere and minnesota said okay well please stay around and it's it's over a billion dollars worth of stuff they're gonna start doing in the next five years here. So mm -hmm. it's it's gonna be nuts. So 
Okay, well, great. Uh, David, what are you drinking from the uh, state of Florida today? Um, I think this might actually be a new brewery for me. Kind of. It's a collaboration between Cigar City, which is not a new brewery for me, but also Seventh Sun Brewing. I can't remember if I had I've had something from them yet. Um, this is their deceptive decor, modern farmhouse, fooder aged sour ale. Um, and so this is something that's unfruited. Um, and so it's solely being supported by the oak aging from the fooder barrel. Um, and it's heavily based on the, they say, the bouquet of uh, Bretonomycus, Saccharomycus, Patiococcus, and Lactobacillus. That uh, bless you, David. You say Patiococcus? So, um, I definitely said Patiococcus. Okay. Pet, Pediococcus. There we go. Okay. Um, you said so. Yeah, those seven, are all the bacteria right? in this. Um, mm -hmm. In this conditioning, and uh, it's really good. It's a, obviously it's sour ale, ale, so you expect it to be sour. It's not crazy sour. Um, it's got a little bite on the back of the tongue, not too bad. Um, it's six ABV, so um, it's pretty pretty mild um, in that sense. Um, obviously, there the IBU is NA, um, so it's it's just a very um, very light beer. It's a Straw, oh yeah very pale straw ale, ale yeah it looks ale. like it um yeah it's it's really good and i actually forgot about this it's it's funny that casey is a big sour fan as people will have heard um because i forgot that this was in the fridge and i went out and bought a new six-pack today of something else and then i put this in the fridge and all of a sudden i was like oh what's this bottle and i pulled it out and i was like oh i'll do this one instead so it was it was kind of a fitting that she's a big sour fan because I don't usually drink sours that often. Mm. And this one was kind of buried and I forgot about it. David, did you say Seventh Sun Brewing? Correct, yeah. Seventh Sun. That is a new brewery. Okay. Indeed. From uh, nice. Columbus, Ohio, it looks like. Columbus? Yep. Wow. Gonna have Ohio there. Nice. Yeah. Fantastic. We'll get another state to say we got a beer from. It's great. Yeah. Oh, awesome, David. Thank you for that. And finally, Dave, what are you drinking tonight? Yeah, well, continuing on that theme, I actually ended up going with a uh, sour fruited beer myself. And uh, so amidst the busy uh, Memorial Day weekend, I actually found a chance to stop into Elm Creek uh, Brewing up in Champlin, um, close to my work, relatively close to my house, I guess as well. But I ended up going with a classic. I've had it on the pod before, but they're I got a beer from their rare candy series, uh, fruited sour, of course, like I mentioned. Now, this is interesting because I, I ended up going, I haven't had this particular rare candy before. This is their uh, blueberry raspberry uh, sour fruited. And interestingly enough, I guess I'm on just on a blueberry raspberry kick because if you remember last week, I went down to Mankato and picked up, uh, I think it was the from Mankato Brewery, the, their uh, sector berry, which was a, the version I got was a blueberry raspberry blonde ale so i kind of stayed on that flavor theme ended up going with a rare candy which i've had before like i said one thing i will point out is that the brewery themselves actually mentions 
that this is by far, and I quote, their favorite sour we have put out yet. So this is interesting. There's 40 pounds of blueberry and raspberry per barrel. So it's oh. heavily loaded. And unlike David's, this one, you know, it it does. It's, it's definitely not a Oh, wow. But, but yeah, it, it definitely has some color to it. It's a great sipper, you know, because, you know, it is, it is a bit sour, but I'd like that because, you know, you just kind of sit here and, and sip it. It's really, you know, nice. you, you, fruit comes right through. It's really, you know, so I say it's easy to drink, but at the same time, you just have a tendency to, to sip it. It's 6% ABV like yours, David. Uh, so in that same ballpark, but yeah, the rare candy that that's Elm Creek. That's one of their best beers that they put out, I think. And I'm pretty sure it yeah. won awards. So, you know, I think that the one thing that I like about sours is that, um, they're kind they are sippers, right? You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's an opportunity to try a beer. I mean, like for instance, myself that I wouldn't normally have that often, it's opportunity to have something that's got a little bit unique flavor and just kind of sit there and, and enjoy it and take it in slowly and not be drinking it like most other beers. That's one thing I like about it. Yeah. Uh, as David just sent us a text, that seventh son is actually from Florida, right, David? Yeah, uh, there must be multiple. This one is seven. It's a seven with a Ven. Okay. Yeah, I think I was and, looking uh, up uh, seventh son as an S-O-N, too. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, this is from Dunnett in Florida, and that's what I was kind of thinking. I Maybe it had something from that before, but I bet I have something in the fridge because I feel like I've Feel like i have something sitting around the house with that but so we oh, might yeah. see them again soon yeah and, and just gotta say one more thing and i i just i didn't realize this i bought a crawler at elm creek of this rare candy but they actually said they took one keg from this batch to sell in our tap room which obviously i got and the rest you'll be able to find in liquor stores so if you're around the area fantastic keep for that Very cool. awesome all right well great beers all around guys uh before we get into the game we're going to Switch over to our interview with Casey Godwin. Um, so please take a listen. When we come back, we will uh, talk about the uh, couple of Loons games from the last week that we really don't want to talk about anyway. So uh, enjoy our interview with uh, Casey Godwin. And we'd like to welcome Casey Godwin. To the podcast, she is the ass assistant athletic trainer for Minnesota United. Casey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so you, of course, know Sean uh, Bigness, who was on our podcast a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. He told you that he was on the podcast. You said, oh, great. I listened to this podcast. I'm like their number one fan. I'm just kidding. Not number one fan. No, that's but, totally uh, how it went down. Yeah, yeah, totally how it went down. Yeah, yeah. Which totally this podcast. blew our minds, of course. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <We're> like, <laughs> people listen to this podcast? What's up? So you listen to the podcast. You're like, no, I, I want to come on this podcast and talk to the guys that I listen to all the time. And uh, yeah, so we're happy to have you on. Let's start from the beginning, uh, Casey. How did you get to be with Minnesota United? Okay. Um, so yeah, thanks again for having me. I mean, like you said, I, I do actually listen to the podcast I have for years. Um, so I am, I am excited to be here. Um, so 
I started with the club in 2019. So I am not native to Minnesota. Um, as I talk, you'll probably notice that I am originally from Oklahoma. So I grew up there. I went to, I, I actually, this is a second career for me. Um, I had a whole other career prior to athletic training. Um, but in short, I walked away from that. I used to work for the government, actually, and I, I hated it. <laughs> Whoa. Death, like it just was not wasn't for me. So I did that for a while um, and decided to go get another master's degree. And I decided on athletic training. So I went to school in Virginia. And then after that, I moved to the Twin Cities and I started out here working um, for TCO. And I worked at I worked at Hamlin University and then I worked at Augsburg and then back to Hamlin. So I kind of went back and forth for about four years. So probably, I think it was summer of 2019, a position opened up with the academy in the, um, the youth academy. So I applied for that, I got it. And it was kind of a, an outreach position at that time that eventually evolved into full-time. So I started with the club working as the academy athletic trainer for all of their age groups. So I did that um, actually, I did that for a couple of months full time. And I also worked at Hamlin. Then COVID hit and yeah. the academy actually went away for a little while. Uh, and luckily for me, the head athletic trainer and director at that time, Stacy Harden, reached back out, brought me back and essentially brought me in to do all of the COVID testing workload um, right after they got back from the bubble. So that's kind of when I got back into uh, working with the club. I inherited all of the COVID workload um, for that season. Um, and then fortunately for me, a position did open up. Um, I was kind of covering with the academy at that time. We were still regrouping a little bit um, and what that space was going to evolve into. Um, and then I ended up with a first team position and I've been here since then. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. So COVID actually worked out for you then? In a way it did. Yeah. I, I actually got yeah. kind of lucky, sort of. Um, but yeah, for up until kind of the end of last season, my main job function was all things COVID. So anything that had anything to do with testing or any of that, that was a complete workload by itself on top of kind of the day-to-day -day kind of traditional athletic training stuff. That was kind of if something somebody had a question about COVID or a policy or needed a test or whatever, that was me. So I am happy that that is not so much a thing <laughs> that I'm worried exactly. about. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. so uh, take us through like your typical game day. Like, how do you kind of set up just, you know, the basics? Like, how do you set up? What are you doing during the game? What are you doing after the game? Yep. So game days actually are the best days. And that that doesn't matter whether we're on the road or not, um, it kind of varies a little bit, but they are the most chill days of the week, honestly. Um, so typically, so like for a road game, um, I was on the last road trip. It was actually a double trip with the open cup game. Um, so we started out in Portland. So it's essentially on a road trip game day, um, we travel the day prior We'll get there. We'll do treatments. It's, it's a little bit chill um, in the afternoon, evening. Then the next day we wake up. Um, we usually will have a morning treatment session for about an hour. Um, and then the guys will do um, 
activation for a little bit, whether that's going on a walk or doing a little bit of soccer tennis, just kind of to move around a little bit before lunch. Then we have lunch. And then there's usually a couple other pregame meals um, later in the day. I typically will go to the stadium. I'll take a bus to the stadium early to go set up the training room, kind of get everything. The equipment guys kind of like, I can't remember if Bigsy talked about it or not. They get there like hella early. Like he and Ryan go at like one o'clock in the afternoon. They go set everything up um, and then they're there. They're there most of the day. Then I show up. I set up all of the equipment that we need. Um, Some guys have some specific things that I know that they're going to want. So I put it in their locker and then I just wait for them to show up usually about an hour later. And then we do all of the the pre-match stuff, the treatments, um, tape, massage, uh, anything else that they kind of need. I make sure that water and all of that's ready to go. All of like our sideline equipment, take that all out and then, you know, kick off game starts kind of check in on guys at halftime. And then after the game, typically I'll stay on the field with the guys that are running that either didn't get a ton of minutes. Um, so there's, they're doing their compensatory running. I stay out there with them and then we kind of scramble, pack everything up and fly home after. Sweet. Mm-hmm. And then right. the home game is similar. It's just a lot easier because it's already a lot of the stadium ops people set up a lot of our stuff. So most of it's just showing up, making sure everything's ready to go. Guys have what they need, get them ready. And that's kind of the easiest day, like I said. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, David, do you have a question for Casey? Yeah. Uh, what's the what's the rest of the week like? I mean, if, if game days are kind of chill, it makes me think that the days in between are not. Is, is that the case? Yeah. And it, it kind of varies a little bit um, on the day of the week. We pretty much have a, a pretty good idea what to expect. Um, so for example, usually, well, right now it's been crazy because May we've had such a congested fixture schedule with the midweek games, the open cup games, and then, you know, the, the games on the weekends. So typically um, when it's like a, a week where we have a game on a Saturday, Usually the next day we'll have off, Um, sometimes depending on what the workload looks like. If guys need to come in for treatment, we'll have treatment hours the next morning. But usually it's a day off. The guys need a day off. We need a day to kind of regroup. And then starting on Monday, it's kind of back to the usual. So the day starts out. Um, We get in in the morning. Uh, Usually our our longer-term rehab guys will come in. Uh, a little earlier, we'll get them squared away doing their programming. Um, and then guys start to kind of come in for their, their routines prior to training their treatments, other things. We'll train usually around 1030. Uh, we kind of have an idea of what to expect depending on the day leading up to match day. So we kind of know what to expect what the training plan is going to be. Um, we prepare for that. You know, it, it can vary like, okay, now we're starting to look at the hotter weather. So there's all these variables now at play, um, making sure that there's plenty of water, cooling towels if we need them. Um, and then after training, we clean up, we do more treatments. We have massage therapists on site that we usually have um, guys sign up for times. Uh, then we'll have usually kind of an end of the day meeting to kind of go over all of the guys, anything new that's popped up, 
other business. And then we sort of wrap for the day kind of early afternoon. So the days are not typically long. It's just that, you know, during season, which is hopefully 10 to 11 months of the year, um, there's just, it's just go, go, go every day. All right, cool. Uh, Connor, you got a question for Casey? Yeah. Um, so Casey, we had, as you know, we had Sean Bigness in the podcast uh, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and he mentioned that you are a beer drinker. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> and um, I know you've said, you've told that to me as well as, as we've been ex- exchanging texts. And yep. uh, so what do you usually go for? Um, I am actually, I really like sours. Um, I like sour beer. I like kind of nice. funky beer. Yeah. So that's kind of my go-to. I, I like kind of lighter beer. Um, as my palate has evolved, I, cause I used to not be into IPA like at all. Like I didn't, I'm like, I don't know how people drink this. This is bitter. It's terrible. But now it's like, Oh, that's actually, it's actually not bad. So, so yeah, typically like a sour or a fruit, ale is kind of my go-to nice mm-hmm. is there any place that's your your favorite go-to brewery or what do you buy or yeah so actually this may be an unpopular opinion kind of a hot take um so my favorite brewery is actually in wisconsin okay oliphant in i think it's in hudson or somerset i love that that's my favorite but it's obviously kind of a drive. So I don't really get out there much. And when I do, it's kind of got to be an extended (laughs) stay. um, So I can, you know, enjoy uh, and then make it back home just fine. Um, But yeah, that's always a fun kind of road trip day for me around here. I like, I lived in Brooklyn park for the past six or seven years. So a lot of the places up there, um, I used to go to blue wolf all the time because I lived right by there. Wow. How did we miss you? I know. I, I mean, honestly, I may have been there. Who knows? Because I used to, I used to be real close to there. Um, Omni, kind of all of those, 10K, mm-hmm. all those places. I just love going to, to like local spots like that and just trying, kind of trying everything. So nice. Yeah. Oh, wow, good. Brooklyn Park. Huh? So you have you been to heavy rotation yet? I haven't. No, I haven't yet. Oh. I actually, I have not. And I heard that you Gotta guys there. were there. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think that, I know. I really want to get up there. It's yeah. a nice to have them up there. I definitely recommend it. Mm-hmm. Cool, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, I, I'd like to check yeah. them out. Yeah. Awesome. So we found out what your beers are and your favorite breweries in Wisconsin. Yeah, which is fine. <laughs> That's so funny. Is... I just I drove through Hudson today too, and I was looking for breweries, and I I it was just we were just tra- traveling too fast, but yeah, um, it's fine. It's, it's, cool. it's fine. It's... There's. It's, there's two it's was... fine. <laughs> there's there's two was there's two Wisconsinites on this podcast. So it's fine. Okay. Know, we, okay. It's a lot. Okay. Like, we them, I think they, we, I'm afraid they might give me a little shit for this, but it's, you know, Hey, it, it is what it is. <laughs> and you're from, o- you're from Oklahoma. So, I mean, um, you don't know. I don't know. Right. I, mean, I don't know. I, the whole, yeah. Exactly. The, the best fine. beer comes from Wisconsin. Don't, don't start. Honestly, to be honest. Don't start. Yeah. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah, let's don't start. Let's, we have a guest on right now. Let's not, let's not fight guys. Let's not fight. <laughs> uh, Dave, do you have a question for Casey? Well, sure, but first I'll start with uh, you'll probably like what I'm drinking tonight. I'm actually having a uh, a fruited sour from Elm Creek in Champlin. So 
That's probably okay. right up your alley. Nice. Yeah, really, yeah. really good. If you haven't been to Elm Creek, that's a brewery to check out. No, too. I haven't actually. Okay. But yeah, yeah. T- Tony kind of alluded to it. Uh, I know we talked about it off air, but you you aren't originally from Minnesota. And so you came here, obviously, through the Academy and, and now with Minnesota United. Uh, I'm, I'm a little curious about your roles because you, you were at uh, Hamlin and Augsburg. I don't know if I had the order right, yep. mm-hmm. but I'm curious about your roles there that presumably got your got, got your start before you came to the academy. Yeah, so I was an assistant. So basically in athletic training, kind of the most common position, it, well, I guess the hierarchy is like this um, at most places, depending, no matter what kind of um, where you're at. There's a head athletic trainer and then there are usually assistants. So I was an assistant athletic trainer. And essentially all that means is that I'm working, you know, alongside uh, the head athletic trainer, but typically, and especially like at Hamlin and um, Augsburg, which are both actually quite similar um, in the way they operate, each athletic trainer is assigned um, specific teams. So um, actually when I was at both of them, because I went back and forth a bit, I started at Hamlin went to Augsburg for a few years, went back to Hamlin. Um, but I had men's soccer at both of those, at both of those schools. Um, so you would usually have a fall sport, which for me was men's soccer, um, a winter sport, um, at Augsburg, I had men's basketball. And then I would, I had softball in the spring. So all of those seasons, um, and I was a sole athletic trainer for those sports. So it's a bit different now in the role that I'm in because, I'm fortunate enough to be on a team where there are, you know, there's, there's three, actually four athletic trainers devoted just to the first team. And then, you know, two PTs. So there's a bunch of clinicians for our, you know, roughly 30 guys. So it's different in that it's not just me handling all of the things. um, So I can focus on certain areas, but you know, I, I love all of it. Like I, I loved being at Hamlin and Augsburg. Um, it's a different, different feel, but you know, it, it was a, a grind in its own way, but I loved it. Right. So, so yeah, so back to Minnesota United and you, you just touch on it, but like, you know, the med- medical staff for Minnesota United is quite extensive with physicians, surgeons, mm-hmm. PTs. I mean, so you're not, I'm assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're not necessarily in your own little athletic trainer bubble with, with the head athletic trainer and the other assistant, do you kind of work, you know, day to day, are you working with all those other people in that group? Yeah, totally. I think that's the biggest thing um, for us is collaboration. Um, Our physicians, I mean, we, we are so lucky to have the physician group that we do have uh, through Alina, Dr. Bershow, Robbie Bershow, he is our chief medical officer. He's actually on site now starting this year. So that's been huge to have him in the facility um, as a resource. And then we have um, several orthopedic surgeons, um, one of which who does travel with us uh, to all the road games, which is huge to have Dr. Joe Bellamy. And then uh, other, you know, orthopedic surgeons with their own specialties that are all amazing. So, so yeah, it's not just me. It is, you know, all of us on a day-to-day basis, kind of, you know, collaborating, making sure that we're all on the same page. Um, communication is huge um, so that nothing gets missed. And we all know kind of what's going on with every single, every single guy. And that also includes, you know, all of the spaces. So that includes our kit men, you know, our equipment guys, they're looped in because what we do affects what they do. Um, same thing with, you know, the kind of the admin, the administrative side, Angie, I know 
Big Z mentioned Angie, who is a legend with the club and who kind of runs everything. Um, she's she's huge to ha- to have a resource like her um, taking care of all of these things. Um, and then our PTs, you know, who are there in house as well, uh, working with our guys. I mean, we're all we're all in there every day. So it it you see these people on a daily basis and they kind of become your family because you, you are with them more than your own family sometimes during season. So, so yeah, it's, we're very, we're very lucky. Nice. So question for you in regards to soccer players, Mm -hmm. um, you get to watch soccer pretty much every weekend. You're on the pitch. You're watching, you get to see our guys play all the time. Yep. Is there a, player from another team you would pay money to see uh at a stadium you know hmm wait tony are we talking uh, mls or are we talking all around or i'll say mls for now because she sees mls players more than she's everybody else so mls player all right okay um you know i think so i don't really get starstruck too much because I <laughs> I wasn't huge huge into soccer until kind of I started working in athletic training um I went to some games in Europe really got into like Bundesliga games thought it was super cool um so I didn't really get into MLS until I started working with the club probably but I will say I think probably the coolest experience or the closest that I've come to being like, Oh my God, like that's like, I've seen him like play internationally is Shakiri. like that for me, there's a couple, like just seeing him, I'm sitting on the bench and he's right there. And I'm like, yep. wow, that's, that's kind of wild. But then you have to kind of rein it back in. I'm like, okay, I'm working. Like I need to focus because that is like my number one priority, but I will say that's probably the, the only player so far that I've been like, wow. Like he's, he's like right there. So yeah. I hope nice. that answers that question. Yeah. Good one. Good one. Um, quick one for me before we get anybody else. Yep. Are you a cat or a cat or a dog person? Cat person. <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I love all animals, but I'm, I'm a total cat lady. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Right. My, my mom, my mom made me ask that question. I Perfect. told her I was interviewing you tonight and she's like, ask her if she's a cat or a dog person. That's always <laughs> a good question. I said, okay, mom. I know. Wow. Now I need to know what, what judgments are not, what does this mean now that yeah, you have right. this information? There's no judgment here. No no, judgment. Absolutely none. Okay. Safe space. Yep. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> we all have dogs. So I'm just, it's yeah. fine. No, I'm kidding. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, David, you got another question for Casey? Um, without getting into specifics and maybe that might be hard to, might not be able to answer this. Um, but what's it, what's the, what are the steps uh, when you see a player go down on the pitch? It's not just, you know, a nick. Mm. You know, it looks like it's probably something that needs to be, you know, some attention. What's what are like the, the what's the protocol steps that go into addressing a situation like that? Mm-hmm. I think I think the biggest or most important part of that is knowing your players and taking, and again, you know, it's, it's taking the time to really understand who they are as individuals, 
getting used to how they look on like a quote unquote normal day. Um, because then you're able to pick up like, Ooh, like that's, I know his personality. I know if he's not getting up and who that is, this is something not to say that, you know, something else couldn't happen or they're, you know, playing the game or there's a little bit of strategy into some of this, it feels different. And you can kind of, you can sometimes kind of see it And it, you know, for example, last year when Bakai, when he had his injury immediately. Now, luckily for me, it happened kind of right in front of our bench. So you could see, and his is one that I'll never forget because it's one that sticks with you. And you just, I, I know him, you know, I've worked with him for a couple of years and just seeing, even though you can't, I couldn't tell what had happened in that moment. Um, you could tell by his reaction that something was really wrong. And so then it becomes you, you activate kind of the next steps. We get our ortho out there to, to do a further evaluation, see what's going on. And also knowing there is still a match to be played. There are other responsibilities that are still happening. The clock doesn't stop. So you're making the, you're trying to, our number one job is we are advocating for the athlete and making sure that we're making the right decisions for them. Um, and also knowing that there's X, Y, Z also that needs to be taken care of. So clock is still running. You, you have to maintain awareness of where you are in the game, our subs, coaches are wanting to know, Hey, you know, they're not trying to hurry, hurry you along in a way that's like, they're aware of what's going on, but they have a job to do as well. So it's being cognizant of all these things and also being calm on perhaps a player's worst day. So so yeah, I think most of the time we're evaluating as we're running out there. So like, so Martin, the other assistant athletic trainer and I, we kind of, for home games, we alternate who goes out on the field and for what. Um, that way it's kind of fair because there's always something going on. Like if we're not on the field, so if Martin and Donnie are taking the field, I'm there with a the radio waiting on an update. And so we have hand signals because inevitably the radio sometimes, I mean, the stadium's loud. It's a great atmosphere, but sometimes I can't hear what's going on. Um, and I need to know so I can relay to the coaches like, Hey, here's, you know, what's going on. You're buying time to make sure we're doing the correct evaluation and making sure that, you know, the right decisions are made. Um, and you, we do know that we have an allotment of time being on the field, but also trying to be quick as well. So you're evaluating as you're running on the field. A lot of the time, by the time I get out there, they're already up and they're wanting to walk away. And I'm like, okay, gonna have to give me a second let me catch my breath like get, let me catch a break here um but yeah they're they for the most part know the drill they and of course the player is always going to want to try to stay on the field um as much as he can so so yeah there's a lot of a lot of things going on um kind of at once but you know with experience you're you're looking for every little thing um just to know like okay no he's okay things are he's getting up he's things are all right, or he's not moving, he's, then you're thinking of next steps of what, what you're doing next. So, yeah. Uh, Connor, another question? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my question is kind of in the same, uh, in, in the same field as, as David's, except, um, and again, you might not be able to answer this one, but uh, I guess when, uh, when you're, when there is a new player signed to the club, um and you're doing what you can to make sure that the player is match fit. 
and ready to play. Uh, what is uh, the procedure that goes into that? Um, a lot of that is is sort of out either above my pay grade or it's handled in different spaces. Um, it really depends on the player, where we're getting him from. Is it an international player? Um, of course, we do all of their medical screenings, their physical, their intake, their concussion. That's usually a two-day process just to get all of the paperwork kind of done medically and have them looked at. Excuse me. Um, from there, we will do like baseline testing with um, both like the medical piece and strength and conditioning. They kind of have their whole gamut of stuff that they do to baseline, see where the player is at and then kind of manipulate whatever workload needs to be mapped out for them to be integrated in with the team. So it, it, it really depends on where we're getting them from, where we're at in the season, uh, their position, you know, that that's kind of the biggest thing. Maybe on a question. Yeah. Kind of, kind of going off of what David said as well. I mean, the, the, in the situation you brought up, let's say, you know, in the middle of a game, there's an injury and maybe it's a situation where, I mean, obviously if a player is ca you know calling to come off, he'll come off, but mm -hmm. ultimately in situations where maybe he's trying to play through something, um, who's, who's ultimately responsible for making that call of saying, you know, we're going to make a sub here. He, he, he needs to come off the feet pitch. If it's something medical that we feel they're at risk that is typically the head athletic trainer's call. Um, sometimes we'll also have a visit. Well, we always have for home games. We always have a physician on the bench anyway. They are also looped into that decision. Um, and then, of course, you know, anything to do with concussion, that's a whole that's a whole other beast. Um, and we also have a physician there for that as well. And it's kind of got its own protocol and all of that. So if it is something that, you know, if we know that something is kind of in going on or this is there's something that's kind of been on the radar a little bit that goes into the judgment as well um and you know adrian he ultimately has a say as well depending on the situation um if he says no nope, we're gonna sub him off like it's you do it so okay so yeah it, it really kind of depends but adrian is is very good about um communicating with medical um and if you know, if, if the word is from our squad to him, like, hey, this is what needs to happen. He's like, yep, we're doing it. So that we're fortunate to have that relationship. Great, great. And then, yeah, on a lighter note, I think I asked Sean the same question. I know you, you don't have a lot of time for sightseeing, obviously, on these trips, especially like the last one you were on. But uh, do you have a favorite stadium to be at? Maybe you don't, whether you're not sightseeing or not, but just a, a venue that you like in a way venue. Yeah. Um, well, I will say full disclosure, I think our stadium is the best. I've always thought that, um, I have not been to all of the stadiums in the country, but I will say probably Portland is always a fun one. That's a great, that's a great venue to go to. It's always rocking. They have a great, um, obviously a great <laughs> following. So that's always fun. Um, Austin is also a really, really good one. Super loud, um, you know, nice, shiny, new stadium that was a cool one um you see so, that on wednesday i believe right so yeah so i actually will not go on that one so oh, okay. martin and i also we alternate travel ah, so okay um so he, since i was on the last trip this one so we really just go back and forth unless there's oh, one we really want to go to or like if we have family like somewhere 
will take that trip. Um, but we alternate. So I will be back here. Does not mean that I am off. <laughs> that's, that's a good question. Uh, so yeah, yeah. What, are, what are you doing? No, come on. Come on. You're totally going to, you're, yeah. you're going to be off. Nobody's around. No, no, but uh, nobody's here. Nobody's here. The office is empty. You know, we're going to party. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So when the team is away, there's always a group of guys, either our long-term rehab guys um, or guys that maybe didn't make the roster for whatever reason. <clears throat> They will stay back. We'll have a session for them. We'll do treatment. So typically it is a lighter day. So I'll be in probably from like nine to one or two um, with the guys that stay back. So we'll do treatments. The PTs are there with me as well. So we're doing their rehab. Um, So like, for example, I'll have Robin on Wednesday morning. Um, So we'll do all the treatments, do the rehab. Um, Second team. It also kind of depends on what the second team is doing as well, because sometimes we do have a little bit of overlap um, depending on what's going on. Sometimes one of our guys will go train with the second team if it lines up nicely. And if not, then we have a strength and conditioning coach run a session um, for the guys that stay back. So there are, there's always something going on. Um, guys are always having, you know, workload to make sure that they're ready for, you know, if they do end up getting called up later in the week or, you know, Knock on wood if something happens. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we've asked you a bunch of questions here, so we're gonna probably well, hold on, get hold you on, out of here. So let's kind of one more. Hold on, yeah. There's um I did prepare a couple of fun a, a little fun test for you oh, here, Case. Oh no, um, put her on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not it's nothing it's nothing tough, it's just some fun, uh, it's just some mm-hmm. fun questions about uh Yikes. like just some fun questions about the team and uh, they're just more, they're basically most likely two um, okay. questions. Okay. Got you. So <clears throat> I'm going to ask you, there's, there's only like five of them. So I'm just going to ask you these and, uh, and yeah, I'd be very interested to see, to hear who you have uh, as the <laughs> answers here. <laughs> okay. uh, so we're going to start with an easy one. Um, who is most likely to be a comedian on the team? Uh, Dane. Or Caravan. Yeah. Those oh. are my first two. For sure. All right. That was about right. Awesome. Yeah. Um, who is uh, most likely to be president? Will Trap. Oh, there yeah, you go. You see Captain. Yeah. Captain. Mm-hmm. Captain. There you go. Yeah. Uh, who is uh, the most accident prone? Ooh. And not obviously not injury wise, of course, but just like regular. Oh man, I would say so. He is loaned out, but Tanny, I would say Tanny. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. All right, and uh, and uh, who is uh, who is the most tech savvy? Hmm. It for sure is not me. Like I, it, <laughs> and I am well known for that. Um, ooh, probably, I would say probably again, maybe Dane. Um, All righty. One of the second well, players is, is coming up in my mind. I think it would probably, oh, you know what? Actually, it might be Fred. 
I forgot. You think of his probably oh, Fred. Oh yeah, that makes Fred's, a lot of sense. Because he's Fred's one of the normal ones. Is he like? Is he eighteen yet? Is he eighteen or nineteen now? He's nineteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Tech savvy. I would have to say Fred. Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. Now we, I, have a, should... I have a fifteen-year-old, so I know the fifteen-year-old uh-huh. like knows everything. <laughs> yeah. Now, now to be fair, we should probably allow Casey to ask us the same questions to us. Oh yeah. These oh are... okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and last one: yeah. Who is the most musical? Hmm. Dang. I don't actually know that one. Um probably actually might be one of the, the Latino guys because they usually take over the ox chord. Like oh, there you go. Like it's a thing. Yep. There's all yeah. So either Fraga. I think he he usually runs <laughs> the Bluetooth, so probably him. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, I could, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Awesome, great. Uh, before we before let you go, Casey, I yeah. have one more question for you. Yeah. I went to Top Golf on Wednesday. Yes, and I didn't stretch beforehand, and I hurt my lower back. See, oh, and uh, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Spasm. <laughs> Everything's a spasm. Yeah. What's yeah? What is what is that? What's that? What happened to me? No, I'm just kidding. It's my age. That's what it is. Yeah, it's I was going to say. Uh, no, I don't want to say. It. I don't want to say. But it's yeah, my age. Happened. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You sit at a desk all day and you go out and play top golf and you get injured. That's what happens. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, Casey, thank you very much for coming on the podcast today. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. We're gonna sure, yeah. we're gonna have to get you out to a live podcast at some point when you have time. At a brewery. Sure. Yeah, I'd love uh, that. Yeah. And uh get you out there and, and have some fun. Um once again, thank you. And yeah. uh yeah. go loons, of course. Yeah, go thank loons. You. again. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, Casey. Awesome. Yeah, thank you, Casey. Mm-hmm. And we are back. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Casey Godwin. We enjoyed interviewing her. Um, she was a great, uh, great guest, and uh, we hope to have her on again sometime this year. And if she has some time, as you heard from the interview, she is a very busy person, um, and she has a lot of stuff going on. So uh, great for her to take time out of her busy schedule to uh, join us on this podcast. So, yeah, and uh, sure, yeah. Great to hear some of the behind the scenes stuff too. That uh, happens mm-hmm. that fans don't necessarily get to see uh, mm-hmm. on on a daily basis. So uh, thank you for shedding some light on that, Casey. And again, yeah, we'd love to have you back on. It was it was a pleasure interviewing you. Well, she says she's not even listening to this podcast because she doesn't want to. Oh, that's right. Voice. Darn it! <laughs> so she won't be listening. <laughs> she won't be listening to this. <laughs> but you know i totally get it i i i rarely listen to podcasts over because i hate listening to myself the only episodes i ever listen to are the ones in full are the ones that you guys are on when i'm not i just sure sure yeah i get it yeah i get it too it's kind of weird listening to your own voice hearing yeah. all your faults exactly. like, what the f- why the fuck did you, you say that you just kind of dissect your own you yeah, dissect yeah. your voice don't you yeah of course you do well yeah and the, yeah, the of number of times that i listened to myself say something like that was the stupidest thing i could have said yeah, yeah. or how many what was i talking about I the word um yeah 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 exactly well yeah, exactly right so let's talk let's not even talk about last wednesday's game guys let's just briefly state that we lost 
to Houston in the U.S. Open Cup, 4-0. It was a shitty game. We played shitty. It's that it is what it is. Right? It's it nobody gives a shit. We're done. Yeah. US I think once uh, who was who got the red card that game? Curvin? Ar- Ariaga. Curvin Ariaga. Curvin, yeah. 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 It, you know, two, two yellows in co- close proximity to each other, which I think both yellows were questionable, you know, and I mean, early in the yeah. game, the, the loons team was admittedly a little bit handsy, you know, the handball led to PK to get he's on the board. And, and then Ariaga is, is red shortly after. And it, you know, two yellows, but it just went downhill from there. It just wasn't Very handsy. great. Very handsy. Yeah. Uh, let's move on guys to the RSL game. From this last Saturday night. Uh, this was a game that I thought we had a good chance to really like turn on the juice, get some energy, maybe get some goal score. But then after, of course, the Houston match, you know, I just felt like this RSL game, guys, was very underwhelming. Was I wrong? Am I wrong about that? It was just like not no, a no, you're not wrong. Yeah, we so. came out of the gates kind of flat we played Mm -hmm. most of the game pretty flat um i mean i i don't think that i think oddly enough foggy had the uh, best statistical game of anyone i think however i didn't think he looked particularly good and i think he was just worn out because he just got done playing wednesday um or tuesday tuesday but yeah Yeah, um, um, i think he's getting overused at this point um, I understand why he's being used, but um, I don't think that was helpful. And I think the entire attack looked flat. Uh, you know, somebody got at me uh, last week for uh, for being a little bit too nice to Luis. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to do it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I thought... Um, he, he played okay. I mean, not great, but he played okay. And the problem, though, is, again, one of my excuses that I've made for him over and over is the surface is terrible. Like, that yeah. midfield is terrible. Yeah. I mean, except Bongi, when he needs to be doing his thing. I, I, the midfield yeah, is terrible. Yeah, one thing I want to do, I want to touch on, I mean, obviously, I mean, results are what matters here and and it was obviously you know this game did not in the best end in the best result but i thought there was moments especially maybe early on and and that were promising between amaria like you mentioned david and frank fraga frank apani i mean i thought you know i you know i i think there was a a bit of a combination between uh franco and and amaria that ultimately got you know uh, bongi his first couple shots one was blocked one went wide but that was a good sequence and it just I mean, if you're talking about the game early on, I mean, I actually, you could talk about the whole game. I think, you know, Minnesota maybe looked the better team. Um, I think they did. Yeah, I think I agree with that. But I mean, I guess that's why this is disappointing. This game was at Allianz Field. Yeah. You know, an opportunity, you know, to take the three points to win. And so, yeah, this is obviously one of those situations where it feels like it was loss of two points instead of. Yeah. Yeah. And Dave, I know how much you love x goal. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, we dominated X goal. I, th- I think we ended the game at like two point eight or something like that. It was two point something. It was I think it was high two. Yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. it's like and we had we had like six or seven. No, I think it was more than that. I bet it was in like the eight nine key pass range. Yeah. We had a ton of passes that 
went where they were supposed to go, but we just couldn't do anything with them. And, and in fact, it, Luis had three of those, by the way, yeah, which yeah, is not it, what you shouldn't see a forward have three key passes. And that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like the whole thing is messed up. Um, if you look at the pass network, uh, Amaria is behind Franco and Bongi in the pass network positioning, um, which doesn't make any sense. It's it's this whole team is messed up, and it's all because of Ray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah. It's you, t- you touched on it, but I mean, passing passing accuracy in this game was was pretty good, especially yeah. from what we saw earlier in the season from this club. Uh, they they outshot he, you know. Uh, Real Salt like by a large margin of course I think they ended up with just a couple two three shots on target at the end that's yeah. the problem uh it it just you know and it, I do like talking about expected goals but I, I don't love it but I do talk about it all the time but it and you know like Houston you know we talk about their first goal like I you know I, I don't know that first of all the flick on Houston had was was amazing I don't know, Dave, you're trying to single something, but, but yeah, you're, you're saying Houston, do you mean? You're saying Houston, oh, I think it's, oh, I'm sorry. Know, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. We talked about two games in close margins. Thanks for correcting me. Yeah. Real Salt Lake. But um, yeah, you know what I'm talking about in their first goal. Yeah. It, it was kind of, other than that great flick on down the right side, that was just incredible. You know, it kind of left boxy on an Island. He, you know, uh, DJ Taylor, I think was late getting back, but again, it was the flick on and then DSC, you know, he came out, tried to make himself big and somehow it got through his legs in the five hole. I, I don't know. That's probably why, you know, even after that goal, their, their ex goal didn't jump, you know, cause mm-hmm. maybe you would. Yeah. You know, I have to thank Blake um, because he tweeted something. Uh, I don't know if it was yesterday or today um, uh, showing where DJ Taylor, I think it was Taylor or it was a taxi. I don't remember now. Um, Taxi, yeah, taxi was taxi, just yeah. in the middle of no man's land yeah. watching the ball on that goal. Mm-hmm. And that was the cause of that entire goal, um, without was. a doubt. It was terrible. Um, and it, I'm actually looking at the replay right now. And if he would have done anything else, I think that would have resembled some sort of play. I think mm-hmm. that goal may not have happened. Yeah, no, it was definitely, yeah, he was, yeah, they were, yeah, Boxy and then DJ Taylor coming back late. Yeah, they, they were just, they were stuck. But yeah, I mean, cred- this is one of those where credit to RSL, not Houston, credit mm-hmm. to RSL that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that was a heck of a play, a heck of a touch and flick on. So, but, you know, sometimes yeah. you just got to say, you know, nice play, but. Well, we did and these are one of those goals that you hope no one's trying to blame DSC. Because he did literally everything he possibly could to stop that right. shot. Yeah, right. he was and unlucky. He, he got yeah. out. He was big. Put his arms yeah. out. You know, and just was a little exposed. I mean, and honestly, looking at the replay, I am right now too as well. It's almost I would call it unlucky. It got between his legs. It's extremely yeah. unlucky. There, the space between his legs. He, I mean, he couldn't have more than a few inches to fit that through. And I think I, I don't think even think Severino was trying to do that. So it's uh, yeah, it's extremely yeah. unlikely. Extremely yeah. unlucky. Yeah. So, so maybe it's, maybe it's not even fair, you know, to, I mean, we're, we're picking out one moment in this game and talking about it at length and that's fine, but I mean, Hey, this team is coming off of, you know, two, one nil victories, um, mm-hmm. you know, and here's another game where, I mean, for the most part, the back line played pretty well. We're, we're looking at this one moment, but and essentially, we, and we, I mean, we, we did uh, that one moment and then we came back and did score a goal, uh, mm-hmm. which was an own goal. 
uh by rsl on a on a bongi uh yeah, shot bongi shot yeah, yeah it, so we so we came back to that it, it, the thing is after that sh- after bongi scored the equalizer or the own goal oh, whatever the fuck you want to call it we didn't do, nobody did anything after that there well, was nothing yeah. Yeah, it, it. I mean, Tony, you're right. Nothing happened. The game ended in a one-one draw at home, like we said. But yeah, it was um, that. I think from that point on, though, Minnesota. I don't know. You can make a case that maybe RSL had had the better play up until that point when it was one-one. Uh, thanks to uh, was glad, Justin Glad, wasn't it? Own goal. Got, that was talk about unlucky. I mean, Bongi hit the post, I believe, and then it came off and deflected off. Bare, uh, glad but uh yeah so guys but minnesota i think but i mean going forward if we're gonna take the thirty thousand foot view it's minnesota from there on should have maybe took the lead you know they had the better opportunities unfortunately it didn't lead to a whole lot of shots on target it just didn't yeah it's rsl it's rsl yeah at home too lowest teams in the league yeah at home these are the teams that you should be beating Right, it, 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 they are, they are, they are the TV. And it, what's crazy is, um, so first correction, it was our X goal was one point six at the end of the match. Oh. Um, however, uh, we pretty much, you know, if you look at the stats, and the I think the game matches this really well. The X goal right around the 40, 45th minute, basically second half, ours just skyrocketed up, and RSL's kind of went up a little bit interesting and i think overall i think the play what you saw on the field um looked like that like i I feel like we had some good chances we were pretty clean um we did very well in possession but we just weren't we were doing everything you needed to do to kind of get that goal but we weren't really doing anything to get the goal yeah thanks to uh, blake thanks to blank again uh, blake sorry uh again but yeah according to y scout Blake, sorry, Blank Blake. Sorry, sorry yeah. Blake. Uh, anyways, according to Y Scout, which he was nice enough to share share with us, uh, ended up uh, ex- according to Y Scout, it was two point one nine for Minnesota. Yeah, see, that's oh. what I thought. It was higher than two. It's so we got a discrepancy with MLS and Y Scout. Yeah. All um, right, but again, we're talking about a stat that's very. I guess it should be a very subjective stat. It's a it's a made up stat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, we'll move on. So, go- very so guys. Guys, it's become kind of a broken record now where um, <clears throat> where we have a ton of shots, but we can't score. We can't win. Um, and I know we've gone back and forth on this on many different podcasts about this issue. Uh, but let's put put it into clear perspective here. Uh, what needs to happen going forward to get more goals? Yeah. Just get Reynoso back. I'm going to tell you exactly <laughs> what Dave yeah. said. Yeah. I'm going to tell you it's, it's getting Reynoso, Reynoso back is one. Yeah. And number two, it, it's really a – it's so frustrating, guys, because it's like you're 95% there. The final 5% is putting it into the back of the goal. Right. And they're just not getting that final 5%. And I'll go back to saying this. It's a game of inches, right? It's a game of inches. Yeah. If you not finish at when you're supposed to finish, you're not going to win a fucking game. That's well, the deal. Yeah. Well, you're, so you're, nobody's doing that. I think something that we have to think about with this game in particular, and maybe I'm wrong, but if my memory serves me right, this may be the worst shots on target to shots that we've had this season. 
It's less than 25%. Yeah, generally, we're relatively close to being efficient. This one, we were just off the charts bad. Um, So that's one thing. But I want to take a step back to Connor's question. What do we have to do? I think we can right this ship if we move away from a formation and tactic that depends on a 10 it's not that necessarily that we don't have ray which if we had ray and he was fit and everything was you know rainbows and unicorns we'd be great fantastic but we don't but we keep trying to fit a player into that role to replace him let's stop that we have to stop it we have players who can who can play i mean we have Bongi, who does very well from the wing. Okay, let's leave him there, but don't put him in a formation that requires that 10. Let's move to the 442. Let's stick with it. Let's change our tactics and 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 make our tactics fit the 442 and allow our players to get into a rhythm in a formation that doesn't depend on a guy making plays in the 10 spot. And it, it might fix it. It might. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, well, I just many, feel like everything's I, off. How many I, times I have we talked about this? So many. A lot. Times we talked like about Connor formation. said, every episode. Yeah. Formation. I, but it's, it's a formational thing, right? We've talked about formations with Adrian Heath since the beginning of this podcast. Yeah. Okay? We've talked about formation. He does not like to go away from that formation. And, no. it, and it, he, Seven he years. doesn't, and he's and, he should be on the hot seat for this season and, because and, and I maybe, think it's an easy fix. Yeah, and maybe easy, so. And quote then, unquote. Con- continuing on exactly your point, uh, David and Tony, like um, again, listener Blake, thanks again. But he he brought up a point that I saw very recently in the last few days, where if you're going to stick with that four two three one, you know, so yeah, David, like you said, we don't have Reynoso, but he's still Heath is still trying to make that work. Well, what else is also important in a four two three one? Well, it's your it's your wingbacks, it's it's your fullbacks coming forward and crossing and and distributing that ball. And and I think he pointed out that those two specifically taxi and and taylor you know credit you know th- we're not talking defensively here we're talking about their ability to service and cross the ball in and they have not done a good job with that and you need that in a four two three one and so there's another aspect that we're not doing which again credit to blake for bringing this up on twitter is the fact that we're not playing through the middle we're not playing through right from the back mm-hmm. we're yeah. Long balls over, long balls over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the point of doing a four-two-three-one if you're not going to use that that double pivot? There's no point in it. If we're not going to utilize it, then don't do it. If you want to play the long ball, then go to a four-four-two, because mm-hmm. then you have two targets up top that can go that you can aim for. And it, and that's exactly it. Uh, you know, he had tweeted that, and I don't remember what my response to him was. It was something like something about just yeah. We're not utilizing. I, yeah, and I, I think, and I, yeah, and I think I, th- I was thinking about the same post that you were referring to. I was thinking okay. about a little different way there, but yeah, and I mean, so at the end of this game, you know, they they kind of did shift into more of a four four two with with uh, Mender Garcia coming on and Amaria still out there, but you know, is it too little, too late? You know, they only they did, did right. that the last you know ten yeah. minutes basically. So. Yeah, you know, and I, and there's that new rumor now that maybe Luis is going back oh. to Ecuador. I, I mean, maybe you know 
people are all happy about it because everyone hates Luis. And mm-hmm. I keep saying it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who we put up top. Right. The moment that person is up top, they're going to suck. We can put Bongi up there and he's going to end up sucking like we, because there's nothing behind him to, to yeah. do anything. Other than and so income. we don't want to get rid of Luis because it's not him that's the problem. It's the people it's, behind him. Yeah. We've seen this? what happened. Go ahead, Can I make a prediction? Can I make a prediction about A. Maria or Armadillo, as Dave has called him? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, make a prediction about this. If he actually goes back to his former club, he'll be scoring a shitload of goals down there. Absolutely, as he did the and, last time. And I and I will bring this up in this podcast. I will say, this guy can score goals. Unfortunately, what we had him in the in the you know the formation we had him up here and the, what we had behind him. Was not letting him score goals. Yeah, it wasn't him. It was everybody around him that it, sucked. It it just yeah. bo- it, it bothers me a little bit because yeah, I'm I'm not you know I wouldn't call myself the biggest Amaria fan of the group obviously, but I mean I might be a close second. But I, I want to see Amaria with Reynoso again. I really do. And we we may not have that opportunity if you believe the reports that, that are out there, obviously. But um, I guess it would open up a DP slot, but would they make use of that? You know, That's the pro- the Minnesota thing. has never made use of DP slots. Yeah. The, 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 the biggest use have. they've ever done but, is Reynoso. And Reynoso is, I mean, it's good, but not DP good. You know, it's not, not like a... In, you can't bring in... You can only bring in so many uh, strikers, okay? Yeah, you gotta get rid of Amaria, but you still got St. Ben, and you still got Bender Garcia. And and okay? that's the point, Tony. That's the point. We bring in forwards one after another, and none of them are successful. At some point, you have to look at the common denominator. Yeah. The common denominator is probably Adrian Heath's tactics. Yeah. But, I mean... It could be anything, honestly, but it's probably that. And it, so it's like, you know, when Dan uh, went after me for uh, making excuses for Amaria, I was like, look, it's the reality. I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just pointing out things that can impact a forward's play. <clears throat> and right now, everything points to tactics. It really does. Because you have player, you have a single player such as Bongi who's doing very well. But he does very well singularly. If he's coming, he can make his own things happen. But he does not do well passing forward. He does not do well in the progressive passing, which is forward 10 yards or more. And it, it's he does his own thing. And then from the wing, he can get inside. And then somebody finds him and he does his thing. But Franco's been very poor in the same stats as Bongi has when it comes to progressive passes and forward. They're both very poor, generally very poor um, in possession. And it, when you don't have three guys behind your four, it doesn't matter that, that can hold on to the ball, that can make plays, that can make passes that matter. It doesn't matter who's there. It could be Tony or it could be Slayton. He's probably not going to score goals. Well, Slayton will just make the will the goals, but maybe that's a bad one. It could be anybody that's actually pretty solid or better. They're not going to score that many goals because the fucking midfield is doing the, is, is the problem. And it's because our tactics aren't set up for the players we have. Yeah. So 
we could go on and on about this, guys, but let's let's get off it because we're all going to be a bit pissed off about the fact that things don't change when they need to change. And that's, you know, it's Adrian Heath's way or the highway pretty much. And yeah, yeah, whatever. I mean, um, that's so we, again why that's again why Adrian Heath should be on the high uh, be on the hot seat. Well, like David said, because uh, again, the common denominator is Adrian Heath. It's so, Minnesota, dude. It's Minnesota, dude. Do you know what we do in Minnesota? I wouldn't God, agree you know with that if I wouldn't agree with that if you didn't see all the other history with other Minnesota teams. You know what we do in Minnesota, Connor? You, you're right. We you know we keep head coaches way too long. This is what we do around here. Mm. We keep yeah. head coaches way too long because we're like, oh, it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> we're not like New York. We're not like Boston or whoever, just like, okay, if you suck for like three years, you're out the door. Well, you know, we like to keep guys around for a while. It, it, it's the land that's of true. mediocrity. It's the land of mediocrity. Like, hey, the loons, they've made the playoffs the last four years. Hey, that's pretty good. That's yeah. all we give a shit about. That's all we care about. Run, it's the but... same with the wild, though. The, the wild yeah, make the playoffs every year. The the Timberwolves mm-hmm. making the first round of playoffs if they do make the playoffs. And then the Vikings, they make the playoffs every year. They might win one game, but then they go out. And it's the, it's mm-hmm. The same, well, yeah. I mean, so, we, we you see coaching changes, and like to Tony's point, we do t- have a tendency for whatever reason across all sports, they the coaching staff stay on for you know a long time. That's not the norm, you know, throughout no, sports. No, it certainly no. isn't for for no. Adrian Heath to have been here for what is this is I, I it's hard to keep seven, track. Seven, seven years. Seven, it's yeah, seven years now. Yeah, it's a long time, you know, yeah. for any sport. So. Yeah, he we'll is see. actually I mean, the, the fourth longest uh, tenured coach with one team uh, in the yeah. MLS right so now. I think by so. definition, he, at this point in the season, he, I, I, whether you're a fan of Heath or not, I mean, I think by definition, uh, not definition, but I think he is on the hot seat, yeah. figuratively speaking. So we'll, well see it should how be, it goes. but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, so guys, one, one draw, get a point. Whatever, we're still mid middle of the freaking playoff race, but it's all ha- together. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, haven't 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 uh you know, you know, haven't lost a match in three now, so seven points in, yeah. in three games. So I mean there's yeah. definitely upside. There's upside to it. I mean but the f- it's just yeah. it's win or lose. It seems like we're talking about the same things. That's the problem here. So yeah. We're we're in the middle here. And so after these next two games, guys, because we have another two games this week. Uh, following his next two games, we'll be at the midway point of the season. We'll be wow. 16 games in. Yeah. Um. So Crazy. yeah, this is. I mean, and our and our line wins, losses, and and draws is all like pretty much even. I mean, it's five for five, five and four. So I mean, that's is what it is. I mean, it's, we're in the middle, right? Yeah. So let's make some predictions for the next two games, guys. So when I. Call it on you. Make a prediction for both games. Uh, we have uh, the Loons going down to Austin on Wednesday. That'll be on Apple TV for free. We're on the we're freebies, guys. So anybody who has Apple TV can watch it. And then uh, we also we have uh, Toronto in here on Saturday, June third. That's another Apple TV free game. So good for people who want to watch the Loons for free. If you have Apple TV, you can watch it. Now wait a minute, uh, so, just to clarify, I think you you don't even have to have Apple TV. You can just I think you can jump on that Apple TV app and sure and watch it. I yeah. think right. I yeah. Do yeah. Have Apple TV, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. that's good. Go. That's awesome. Good deal. 
All right, we'll start with David. David, your predictions for the next two games. Um, I mean, it's a winnable game. However, it's all it's at Austin, which makes it a bit more challenging. Um, I wouldn't say that they're particularly good at home, though, so that's positive. Um, their defense is significantly worse than ours. Um, however, we have stayed in offense. So, <laughs> um, I I think it's going to be a draw. I, I feel comfortable. Um, I feel comfortable with a one-one draw. Yeah. And then Toronto. That's at home, right? Yeah. So, and Toronto's terrible. I mean, they're yeah. awful. Unfortunately, um, yeah. I think. Hmm, I think that they're. They're really bad on the road, too, I believe. Um, I think if we can get a point or better out of Austin, which I have predicted, I think we can win at home. So I'm going to do 2-1. Yeah, the... uh... The Italians have really come over into Toronto and fucked them up big time. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. seriously, yeah. I can't. I, I'm just I'm upset about the whole situation. It's not, yeah. Italians fuck shit up, and that's what happens. Yeah. So, all right, Dave, how about you? Um, I feel like I haven't predicted a loss in a long time. Um, because that's just me. Since like 2000 and. 19 probably. you probably got to go back about three yeah. yeah three and a half years that's no i'm, I'm sure yeah. i predict one i definitely predicted a loss this year I but uh I, i'm gonna go i'm gonna go three points out of the next two i'm gonna go with i don't know i austin david mentioned is struggling uh that's true although i just don't like that midweek vibe maybe it's recency bias you know seeing what happened when they went down to houston the u.s open cup mm-hmm. uh so i'm gonna go with a one nil loss at Austin, it just I just don't like the midweek games, especially in this condensed schedule that every to be fair, every team's dealing with right now. But then I'm going to have us rebounding at home next weekend against uh, Toronto with a two nil victory at home. Okay. All right. I'll go next. I see Houston as a. I'm going to say it's a. I'm going to uh, now. Now you're saying I mean Houston, Austin. Oh, Austin! I, I'm sorry. I'm that's my Austin. fault. He said yeah. Austin. He said uh, he said Houston. Sorry, Houston. Austin. Earlier, I, I mixed up Houston yeah. with RSL. So mm-hmm. now, now Austin. It's your turn. Austin. 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 Yeah. It is very contagious. Yeah. So I'm going to say uh, Austin. Uh, Loons go down there, and they're going to. I think get a draw. I think I'm on the same page as David. I'm going to say a one-one draw on that. I just don't see us going down there and getting a victory. Uh, Toronto. I'm going to say it's going to be three to one. I think we're going to finally break out and score some goals against Toronto. So I'm going to say a three to one win against Toronto. All right. If you're bold enough to predict uh, Minnesota to score three goals, you got to at least give us one of the goal scorers. Bongi. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's Bongi. fair. That, that's a good answer. That's easy. He's, 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 he well, he's, he's the only goal scorer. Make a bold prediction. Make a bold say, prediction. Let me say, you want to say DSC is going to score a goal? 
<laughs> there's a bold there's a bold one for you that's yeah. fairly bold. Yeah. Fair. That's the fair. boldest <laughs> yeah yeah good job Kelman is Kelman gonna score a goal I don't think so. he could get one off a, yeah he could get one off a corner yeah, yeah. will will trap mm. will trap will trap can score a goal will trap that, has only got bold. yeah, yeah. yeah. will trap has you only gotten who? one I think since been here if, if we're talking about players we'd like to see a goal scored by it, maybe we are. I'd love to see Dodson get one. Another banger. Let's oh, he go. needs to. He's Let's due. do it. Yeah. yeah. He's, that, he's those are. Due. Yeah. He's killing. He's killing my prediction of coming back and being like awesome, but mm, he's serviceable. All right, Connor, your last one. All right. So, so I am. I I think I'm in the same. Uh, I'm in the same boat as you guys. Uh, I don't like the midweek games, especially away at home. I might, I think we might, if it was at home, I think we, we might have a chance, but we're going down to Austin. Austin is not as good of a team as us this year, but where they're pretty close um, uh, in Austin, I don't like our chances. I'm going to say one nil uh, Austin. I think. Mm. Um, and then we move on to Toronto. Uh, it's pride weekend. Uh, as Case said, and um, so I wonder uh, if Pride Weekend is going to be a special day for Minnesota. Uh, I, I'm predicting a win for Minnesota, and I think it's going to be 2 0. 2 0. All right. Yeah. Good. Yep. Yeah. Good predictions, guys, all around. All right. So, Connor, you got some uh, Minnesota history for us? Yes, I have uh, I have some history for you. Let's move on. Today is May 29th, the day that we are recording, of course. Um, so let's move back to May 22nd. Uh, oh, okay. So actually, let's go to May 23rd. We are going to go uh, 1984 when the Strikers uh, played a friendly and lost 4-2 against Ajax. Of all teams, with I, the strikers played Ajax. The strikers wow, played Ajax in 1984. Wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Then we're gonna go. Oh, and we have another uh interesting friendly here. Uh, 1976. The Kicks uh played a friendly, and drew two two at home against Rangers, the Scottish team. Damn. Okay. Yeah, Scottish powerhouse coming to Minnesota and getting a draw. That's uh, that's coming not to, bad for the kicks. Coming to old Met Stadium. That's where yeah. they're playing. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Before before Mile of America ever showed up, mm-hmm. and um, we're gonna go to all right. So we're gonna go with 1979 on May 28th when the kicks win two one against the Portland Timbers. We're a team back in 1979, apparently. And then we're going to go with today, May 29th, and let's go with, again, 1979. The Kicks lost a friendly 1-0 against Ipswich Town. Lot, lots of European clubs uh, clubs coming in at this time of year. Oh, yeah. Lots now, I wonder, in, this, in 79, was Ipswich Town... Like decent. That's you know? a good question. I, I, I kind of want. Obviously, to everything changed in the real well, the nineties, but it started to kind of shift in the eighties. So I wonder if you know the late seventies, if Ipswich was, you know, somebody to talk about. 
so I don't at, know anything about it. So at the end of the 1980 season, um, the Ipswich Town came third. It looks like in the Premier League, mm-hmm. and Ipswich so that was in the top league. Yeah, mm-hmm. Which, uh, what was it called back then? Was it just? Uh, that's a good question. I actually don't. Oh, I, don't the, I think was it was just called. Then. It looks like it was just called the Football League. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then at um, the end of the 1979 season, they were sixth, it looks like. That's pretty, nice. pretty good. Yeah. Come over here and play the strikers yeah. or the kicks or the, the kicks, kicks. Yeah. Kicks, right? Yeah. 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 Well, awesome, Connor. Well, thanks for that little history. A lot of, a lot of friendlies going on. It's good to hear about that. Um, before you get out of here, guys, I wanted to talk about one funny story. It's, it's funny, but it's, I mean, nobody was injured, which is good. Uh, but it's funny what happened, what this guy was doing. And this is from Duluth, guys. This is from uh, just like a week ago. Uh, charges Duluth landlord started department on fire while blaring, we didn't start the fire by Billy Joel. <laughs> so <laughs> a landlord in Duluth nice. liberally said it's hard not to think fire. that wasn't intentional. Yeah. Uh. Set on fire all while blasting Billy Joel's we didn't start the fire, according to recent filed charges. Travis Carlson. 37 faces some faces some charges according to the criminal complaint officers were dispatched shortly after 4 a.m to the 2400 block of 4th street in duluth on the report of an upstairs apartment on fire when emergency crews arrived they found the upstairs apartment on fire with we didn't start the fire blaring from the unit <laughs> uh the downstairs tenant says they woke up to their landlord and identified as carlson smashing glass and breaking things for about 20 minutes oh, carlson then knocked on the downstairs tenant's apartment telling the tenant the house was on fire a neighbor also officers they saw Carlson enter his truck with gas cans going in and out of the house. Investigation revealed a drilled hole in his truck's gas tank with lids to gas oh, cans laying gosh. around the truck. Oh no. The complaint wow. also knows that green liquid lines from a burned accelerant stained several pieces of furniture in the apartment. Uh, he had some burns on his arms and legs, of course, but uh yeah. This wow. guy oh boy blasting a little Billy Joel song, we didn't start the fire. While burning down his own apartment. Interesting. You know, this yeah. is this is one of those go if you're gonna go out, go all out. Seriously. Situations. Yeah. And I, I I like how he didn't even try to like you know not that you want to do this, but he didn't even try siphoning <laughs> gas from his tank. He just drilled a hole in his gas <laughs> <Right>. tank. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Didn't have the tools, Dave. He didn't have the tools. He's he probably had a drill. He's like, all right, there's this good. Yeah. I so, mean, yeah. I mean, that's a situation where he's thinking. Okay, he's actually thinking rationally here. He's like, I'm not going to need this truck for a while, so I'm just going to drill a hole in it and yeah. get the gas out of it. I mean, that's exactly what he's thinking. Yeah. What happens if I need this truck? Well, we'll crash the, cross that bridge when it comes to it. How about that? He wasn't leaving. He wasn't going anywhere. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. That's yeah. a good take, David. I, I don't think he was planning on using that truck again after that night. So yeah. it was a, I have a question here. Was a toxicology test performed? I wonder. It doesn't say. I'm, I'm assuming this guy was probably either high on something or he had a mental health issue. Oh, possibly. Two. Yeah. I mean, the fact is, you don't who thinks to do something like this and play Billy Joel's song while it's happening? Well, and then smash things and break things and just, yeah. you're not doing and it for the insurance. You're not doing it for the insurance. 
Especially if it's a it's a multi-unit dwelling. I mean, he, I yeah. guess he was he was quote nice enough to knock on his you know tenant's door to <laughs> to let them know the place yeah. was on fire. But to do that kind of thing in a multi-unit dwelling is is, is a little shady. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But I was, suppose uh, if there's any damage to anyone else's, then mm -hmm. insurance is going to cover them. Yeah, it would just be his that obviously it would not. Uh, a couple more things, guys. I just pulled up another news story of the same one, just a little more details. The electrical panel in the basement of the house also had wires pulled out and liquid lines from a burn accelerant allegedly stained. Well, yeah, that's so he had pulled the wires out of some of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he so he, he wanted, wanted to make this. damn sure that this oh, works. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. He was, uh, yeah, that's what. Uh, again, uh, hopefully he gets the help he needs because obviously this he's he's a little messed up. But uh, yeah, he's yeah, definitely but... he's definitely crying for some sort of help. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty obvious. I mean, yeah, that's uh, how could you imagine hearing uh, we didn't start the fire by Billy Joel blaring oh. while you're while while the house. You know the apartment upstairs starts is on fire. I mean that's just that's yeah just crazy. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Just we live in a crazy, crazy world, guys. Crazy, crazy world. Yeah. But uh, other than you that, seem to you seem to find the craziest uh, of the stories when uh... I try. I try to find <laughs> the crazy stories. You know this one just by this was actually local shit. I mean this doesn't happen. I mean. If I lived down in Florida like David does, it'd be like a, it'd be like every day. You know, yeah, just local, <laughs> local shit just happening. Florida, Florida guy, Florida guy is always doing something down there. Uh, actually, you need to you need to search for next episode. Um, just do this should be your search. Port Charlotte mm -hmm. alligator attack. That's all you should do. Okay, all right. It's a very recent news story. All right, fair enough. It'll be it's worthy of us. It'll be worthy of the podcast. All right, Port Charlotte alligator exact. Well, good. Yeah. Was the guy playing golf at the time or something or what? Oh no, it's well, maybe he was playing golf figuratively. Okay. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? I, I don't know. Just okay. a little tease. Okay. A little tease there. <laughs> yeah, you have to, there was something going have, on there. You might have to remind me later in the week to to search All that because right. that this is. It's I'll, I'll, I'll find you the link and yeah it. find me the link find me the link intriguing yeah so all right guys, guys um one last one last thing going back to my ipswich town thing apparently two years after the kicks played them uh mm -hmm. ipswich town won the uefa cup oh really so, yeah Fantastic. ipswich yeah Jeez. all right wow see now that that's kind the thing the now that we talk about this kind of stuff on this podcast because we're strictly minnesota united but that is how money in the Premier League completely ruined English football. Yeah. I mean, if you look back, the years running up to the Premiership, the teams that you saw that were important teams that did things that you never would have thought they would have done were doing those things. I mean, mm -hmm. and now you don't see it anymore because they don't have the money and, you know, they become the leads of today or the – Unless you, 
Plus, you get a couple of movie and TV stars to buy your team, right. and then you know you do a show on them and all that stuff. You know, yeah. Well, sorry, that's that's the only way you can do it now. Yeah. Yep. But yeah. All right, guys. Anything you guys want to say before we get the heck out of here for the night? No. Uh -huh. No. Once again. Thanks to Casey for coming on the podcast. We appreciate it. Uh, thanks to our sponsors. We have no sponsors, actually. We have no, no yeah, money. No. None. Um, no sponsor whatsoever. Uh, we have two games coming up, guys. Wednesday and Saturday. So another short week for the guys, for the, for the loons. Um, but yeah, that's about it. It's for myself, uh, Tony, for... Dave, David, and Connor. We'll talk to you guys next week. Go Loons. Go Loons.